Welcome to another very special Save Our Skills episode of the KBB Review podcast with me, the Managing Editor of Taylor's Media, Andy Davis. Today we're going to be looking at some do's and don'ts for anyone who has found themselves suddenly job hunting because of redundancy. Taking stock, preparing your career story, engaging potential employers. We're touching on many topics by tapping into some great advice from our guest, career coach Andrew McCaskill. And while you're here, if you enjoy this and all the other episodes of the KBB Review podcast, please subscribe via your podcast app of choice, for example, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to make sure you don't miss any episodes, so to find us, simply search KBB Review, or one word, and please rate and leave a joyful review as it really encourages other people to give us a try. For those that may not know, we started the KBB Review Save Our Skills campaign at the height of the initial lockdown as we saw a wave of redundancies hit the industry thanks to the financial impact of the coronavirus. We wanted to try and keep the collective hundreds of years of skill, knowledge and experience within the KBB industry if we could, and it's been more brilliantly successful than we could have hoped. We send out a weekly email to the whole sector showcasing some candidates looking for new roles, and so far around 60% of those that have come through it have found a new job. Amazing. In the special bonus Save Our Skills podcast, we're looking specifically at advice and tips for anyone job hunting in this industry, and we couldn't do it without the continued support of our good friends at KUKA. KUKA have been with the Save Our Skills campaign since the beginning, so as always, a huge thank you to them. Now, you can see all our current Save Our Skills candidates at kbbreview.com forward slash Save Our Skills, and you can find out more about KUKA at kuka.co.uk. Now, one of the most uh, important things for anyone finding themselves job hunting following redundancy is to look for and follow sound and experienced advice from those able to offer it. So I'm very pleased to welcome someone who firmly falls under that category, I think, and that's career coach Andrew McCaskill. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Well, first of all, let me congratulate you on your name. And you. Very good choice by your parents, as was mine. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Andrew. What exactly does a career coach do? So put simply, I help people understand what they want and then really importantly, teach them how to get it from a job perspective, typically. Right. And how much are you dealing with people at the moment that have been made redundant? I mean, is it a big issue at the moment for you? Yeah, it's a huge issue. So I would say the majority. So we've got 110 members in our job search community at the moment that are accessing our help in a number of different ways. And I would say way over 50% of them had gone through some sort of redundancy in the last three or four months. And how many of them do you think are facing redundancy or facing job hunting for the first time in a long time? Over 50% will be going through their first redundancy, Andrew, certainly. Some of them might not be facing job hunting for the first time in a long time, but certainly a section of them will. Everybody's facing job hunting in this new situation, right? So even people who've job hunted before and who've got jobs easily in the past are struggling now. That's that's the big difference that we're we're trying to tackle. Your job, your function, your way you help people goes into a lot of depth. But you posted on LinkedIn a series of do's and don'ts for those finding themselves looking for work after redundancy. It was just so interesting and so insightful. I thought we could step through just a few of them and sort of expand on them a little bit. So how does that sound? Sounds awesome. Yeah, where do you want to start? Let's be a positive and start with a do. One of the things that you put on there is to give yourself time before starting to take interviews and things. And I think people's uh, impulse would be to do as much as possible, as quickly as possible. But you're saying take stock a bit. Yeah, and I, and I totally understand that impulse. I think that's that's natural. But redundancy, in many ways, is like a grieving process, right? So you go through different stages of accepting it. And it It is a big whack, particularly if you weren't expecting it. What I see happening, which is very sad and a big problem, is people go out and start interviewing before they're ready. 
they then don't interview very well, which means they start getting knockbacks, which means they start interviewing even worse. And they go on this kind of downward spiral because they haven't got themselves centered in the right space to be able to sell themselves effectively. They're still dealing with the change. So wherever possible, and I appreciate that everybody's got different financial constraints, but in the vast, vast majority of cases, it's better to give yourself just a little bit of time to recover from the change that you've gone through and the news that you've had so that you can go and interview in, in a bit better form, I guess. Yes, and, and planning, I guess, is one of the things in there is one of your dues is to use your business skills in your job search. Yeah, well, that's that's a really important point. What, what we tend to see is people you know, who maybe work in sales or work in marketing or work in project management or whatever it might be, people who are really, really good at driving processes and outcomes don't tend to apply those skills to themselves. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy that they, they hit the job market and go very passive. So we, we talk about people being hooked on hopium, which is a very addictive substance, right? They're kind of hoping that the right job advert will come up or hoping that a recruiter will solve it for them. Whereas actually, when we talk about using your, your job skills on your own search, what we're saying is, you know, run it like a project, be deliberate about it, ha- even have a scorecard associated with the activities and take it multi-channel, be proactive and yeah, just use your skills to your own benefit. We tend to be so much better at helping other people or helping companies than we are ourselves. And so that's, that's a real core message of what we teach. Yeah. And then if we go into the don't column, it's very appropriate here because you say, you know, don't just take any job. Well, no, um, the, the trouble with just taking any job is, and again, I always have this asterisk and small print around, you know, every financial situation is different. But the, the main problem with just taking any job is that chances are that you're going to want to bounce out of there quite quickly. You may do you know, quite a lot of damage in terms of your CV going backwards. So you may have spent a long time trying to get to a certain level and you go back a long way. Um, and it's very hard to negotiate your salary back up. So if you halve your salary, you, it's going to take you some time to get back up to where you were and it can cause problems. So if at all possible, don't panic. Following on from that, as you say, you need to plan how you're going to approach your job search. But equally, one of the things you advise, and I think it's probably completely correct, is to not just send your CV out to everybody that you can find an address for. Because I can see why that would make you feel better in the day. You feel that you've done something, you know, you've done some work, you've sent 100 CVs out to 100 people. But actually, I think you're advising to be a little bit more particular than that. Yeah, well, the, the trouble with spraying your CV out is, one, it kind of devalues what you're doing. Two, that approach won't tend to be very tailored, right? Because if you're just spraying it to everybody, it's far better to have a very tailored, specific approach to people, you know, employers of choice, trying to find an angle to get in front of the people over there, you know, maybe even you know, specifically writing to them with a very tailored note or letter or whatever it might be. And also, if somebody gets your CV from a number of different sources or if a load of people in the same company get your CV, it just dilutes the approach a little bit. So I think being more deliberate is going to have a much, much higher hit rate. Again, that's all about telling people that you're open for offers as well. And the way you put it is to alert people without embarrassment. Well, we kind of get two ends of the scale on this, Andrew. So some people, you know, are very, very pushy and are very, very loud and saying to everybody that will listen, have you got any jobs, mate? That's one end of the scale. The other end is this thing about pride and ego that can get in the way that stops people telling people, that they've got any availability at all. And people can't help you unless they know that you have got availability or unless you're communicating via social or whatever channels around what's happened to you. So 
there's a there's a nice middle ground there whereby you can make your availability clear without being you know over keen or over pushy or over salesy so that at least you're front of mind for people that if they hear of anything that they can say ah i need to go to andrew with this opportunity because he'd be great for this and i know he's available because i remember seeing that post from him so it's just trying to get that balance right if that makes sense Yes, and again, using social media, particularly LinkedIn, which I think is the you know the professional social media, to keep your profile up and keep talking to people, to use LinkedIn in a way that comments on the market rather than just constantly talking about how you're available. Yeah, definitely. So we talk about having uh, the classic jab, 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 right hook type scenario. And what, what that means is the jab, jab, jab is that you give value three times before you then write a hook, which is where you extract value. So you want to be doing you know, three comments on other people's posts or three posts that are commentating on your industry or sharing insights and not asking for anything before you then ask for something back or make your availability clear or whatever it might be. So you've got a three to one ratio of giving versus trying to extract from the ecosystem. And that, that tends to work the best. Yeah, which is great advice, particularly for people who probably haven't used it as much as, as they will do job hunting as they did when they were actually working. But it's the biggest opportunity for job hunters. It's a, a really, really strong channel. Over 50% of the 24 clients that we had who got offered a job last month, over 50%, I think it was 13 of the 24 in the end, came via LinkedIn in one way or another. So it's, yeah, it's the primary opportunity. One of the things you put in here, which I find really interesting as well, is you tell people to rehearse their career story. People will put a lot of work into written CVs and, and covering letters if they choose to do that, or their profile on websites, but they don't necessarily rehearse what they're going to say in person if they get asked about themselves. Most interviews, as you know, tend to start off with a question such as, tell me about you, or can you run me through your CV, or can you talk me through your career to date? Yeah, you, you can't necessarily win the job with your answer to this question, but you can definitely lose it. You know, some people ramble on about, well, in 2001, I did this. And then in 2003, this happened and I did that. And, and they go into this minutia of detail. Yeah, others kind of just read out what's on their CV or whatever. And it's like, right, we know this question is going to come. How can we structure something which is going to get the interview off to a good start, relax you as the interviewee? and build some initial rapport and trust with the interviewer that is the aim of the game right so we have this framework that i use with my clients which is the 555 framework which is that your answer to this question will be no more than five minutes but will cover your five key achievements so the five things that you're most proud of or are most relevant to the job you're interviewing for but also importantly your five key learnings of your journey to date and if you stick to that kind of framework rather than just reading from your CV, you're going to get off to a much better start. Yeah, and then and then practice it. Absolutely, yeah, record yourself. It's no fun at listening to yourself back, as, as you know from doing these podcasts. You know, nobody really... I do it for a living. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watch all of my uh, videos and podcasts and I think <laughs> back in dread, but it's a very, very good exercise to jump on Zoom or to use the voice note recorder in your phone or to video yourself or whatever you want to do and actually practice this narrative. Yeah, you don't want to be so rehearsed that you're robotic, but to use a, a sporting analogy, I worked with a golf coach for a while, which was a stupid idea. But anyway, I worked with him for a while. And he said to me, when you're on the practice range, so when you're in the driving range, I want you to focus on every single little element of what you're doing and rehearse and rehearse. But then when you go out at the weekend on the course, I want you just to play. And the, the point being that at a mental level, if you do enough rehearsal, 
you can then just go in and be totally present and confident and enjoy it rather than having to to overthink it. And that's that's the kind of place we want to get to, I guess. Yeah, because one of the things you put in your don't column is to obsess about your previous employer. Practicing getting that out of your conversation when you you still have very strong feelings about it is, is probably really important. Yeah, well, people get blindsided, they get unfairly treated, they get outmaneuvered. And initially, particularly the early stages of that grief and change cycle that we were speaking about earlier, it's all that's in your head. You know, it's, I've, I've been there. I was, uh, uh, after five years, I was blindsided and uh, exited from an organization last January. And it just used to come over me in waves. And I thought about very little else. And that's not healthy. You've, you've got to look through the windscreen and stop looking in the rearview mirror and kind of just try and let go of whatever's come before and, and, and move forward once you've given yourself a bit of time to process. So that was that was the reason for that. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that you talk about all the time is about mindset, isn't it? It's, you know, there's practical advice and there's steps to do, but a lot of it is battling with your own internal thoughts of self-worth and of self-confidence. Absolutely. And the trouble with job searching is quite often your confidence eludes you at the moment when you need it the most, right? People tend to interview a lot better when someone's trying to poach them from a role than they do when they're on the market. And that's one of the great sad ironies of job searching is it's actually a lot easier to get offers when you don't need one because of the emotive side of it and the, the mindset side of it. When you're talking to your clients, what, what are the main things that are coming up that they are concerned about or that they worry about or that they need advice on? Definitely selling themselves. As I said earlier, I think people don't sell themselves or can't help themselves always as, as well as they can other people. And you worry about either being too arrogant or underselling yourself. So definitely selling themselves is a big gap. The whole social media landscape, LinkedIn, how to leverage the platform, how to generate content, get engagement, get some inbound approaches. For most people, that is a new thing for them, particularly if they're not in business development or marketing. So the last time they were on the job market, the goalposts are on wheels at the moment. They've completely flown off and the goal's now over here and there's all these new skills that they have to learn. So that's uh, that's a big gap. And I also think the other thing is just frankly, really getting grounded and honest and clear on what it is they want. You know, where have they been most happy? What kind of leader gets the best out of them? Whilst, you know, the change they're going through is often painful, it also does represent an opportunity to reset, get grounded and really work out what you want to do next. So it's, it's, a, it's a mixture of, clarity, confidence, and then some good grounded technique around social media and selling yourself. I think they're the, the key pieces. Sometimes you do need an external person, someone who doesn't know you, doesn't know your history or background, to give you a sense of clarity. And some radical candor. I mean, I, uh, I have a coach my, myself, and I think you know most people benefit from having somebody to call you out and, on your own thought processes sometimes. So yeah, I think you need somebody who can give you some candor, who can hold a mirror up, who can give you support and, yeah, just help you get to that point of clarity quicker, I think. Andrew, thank you so much for your insight, for your expertise. You know, hopefully we can talk to you again as, as we go through this whole process because, let's be honest, this situation is going to be around for quite a long time. So thank you for that. No, not at all. Thanks for having me on and um, good luck with what you're doing. Uh, I, I really like what you're doing here, so thank you again. That was another special Save Our Skills bonus episode. Huge thanks to Andrew McCaskill. We only scratched the surface of so many topics, but there's some real nuggets of advice in there that are just great. If you go to the episode description, you can find some links to find out more about Andrew and his business. I'll see you next time for more of the same, but remember to please subscribe, rate and review us in your podcast app of choice. See you next time.